Hey guys, thanks for joining me for this 43rd episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Special guests for this episode include actor Steven Weber. He's got a new recurring role on Chicago Med, which airs Wednesdays on NBC. We'll also visit with author Richard Manstock about the new book, Nothing But a Good Time, The Uncensored History of the 80s Hard Rock Explosion. We'll also visit with country singer and friend of the show, Dave McElroy. He's got a new outdoor show we'll be talking about, plus his new single, Let It Flow. If you would, please take the time to subscribe, drop a like, comment, leave some feedback, and of course, share with your friends. Now, eating breakfast can be good for your career, unless you eat straight whiskey for breakfast, like um, th this guy who's definitely not me. Anyway, a new study found people who eat breakfast are almost twice as likely to get promoted as people who don't eat breakfast. Also, people who eat breakfast were more likely to be married than people who don't. They're more optimistic, and they reported slightly higher satisfaction with their lives. Well, our first guest is going to be rock author Richard Manstock. We'll talk about the new book, Nothing But a Good Time, the uncensored history of the 80s hard rock explosion. First off, Richard, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Now, Richard, the book, Nothing But a Good Time, the uncensored history of the 80s hard rock explosion. I mean, was was it hard to edit down? Uh, it seems like that could just be an expansive volume upon volume collection, right? I, yeah, I would agree. I mean, the book itself, as it stands, is like a little over 500 pages. And honestly, we felt like we really had to keep it very tight in order to get just down to, to that. And um, I mean, there's so many stories to tell. And I think... If we wanted to, we probably could do a second volume of it, and I, I would happily spend the next four <laughs> years writing another one of these if somebody would let me. Now, Richard, how how much fanboy comes out in you as you're working on uh, doing the interviews and and just delving into the music and, and the history of the music that I know you had such a deep love for? <laughs> uh, there's a certain there's certainly an element of it there. You know, I will say. You know, having been a journalist for like 25 years now, I mean, a lot of these people, the artists were people that we had spoken to in the past and had relationships with. So actually, you know, one of the things that was most exciting, oddly enough, was talking to the guys who weren't in the bands and finding these guys who worked at the labels or were the managers and like getting these sort of pull back the curtain behind the scenes stories. Those are the ones that were often the most exciting or someone who was an engineer in the studio when like, an album you loved was made or somebody that designed the costumes that these guys were wearing that are burned into your brain, you know, so you get these stories and that's the stuff that I was like, wow, I didn't know that. I had no idea. <laughs> and, and Richard, the, the whole explosion of the hard rock scene and the, the, the big hair and all that, where, as you were delving into information, where do you think that sound originated from? Where's that uh, inspiration for that sound? I should say. Yeah, the sound, I mean, it comes from so many different spots, but if you really, if you're really looking at it, obviously it's, it, there's just the hard rock, right. Of the late sixties and early seventies that these mm -hmm. bands grew up on. There's a huge kiss influence after that. Um, you know, there for, for a more recent influence, there's Van Halen and especially these bands that, came from the West coast and saw Van Halen in the club days. Like they, they, you know, were, they can't stop talking about them in the early part of this book, especially David Lee Roth, maybe even more than Eddie made such a visual impression on these guys. 
um, and really sort of influenced them in the, the visual direction of the 80s music. But I think one of the things that makes the music special is that you see these bands like, you know, by the end of the 80s, a lot of the some of the bands are being influenced by the bands from the early 80s. And it's more sort of similar um, in terms of sound and look. But the bands in the early 80s are pulling from so many different things to create what what they're doing, you know, which is why you have bands that really look and sound pretty unique from each other, even if they're all part of the same scene. And Richard, how blown away are you by some of the bands that have been playing, touring? Well, obviously not over the last 12 months that have been touring for all of this time that still have voices remaining. I mean, how impressed are are you by that? It's great. You know, and it's great to see these bands out there. The thing is, most of these bands, right, they never went away. It's just a matter of whether you're seeing them in Madison Square Garden or a local club or whatever. And, you know, seeing them in a local club is just as great as seeing them on the big stage. But it's been great to see these bands, you know, every summer you get these big sort of package tours and they're out in the sheds. And then you have Motley Crue and Poison and Def Leppard that were supposed to be on a stadium tour and hopefully will be again. But it's it shows that the appetite is still there for this stuff. And really, like, it's it's larger than it has been in decades. Now, Richard, where was the turn on to rock music for you? Was it the 80s? Was it a, a little before that that you first were influenced? For me, you know, it's I, I am 45 now, so I, you know, the first, I mean, I was listening to music from, I mean, by as long as I can remember, but the first <laughs> thing that really turned me on to this music, without a doubt, was I was seven years old. I saw the Motley Crue Looks the Kill video, and, you know, to a seven-year-old seeing something like that, I mean, there's there's a lot of questionable things going on in that video, for sure, but to me, it was just these four guys in those costumes and that sound. And it was like, I mean, I, I might as well have been watching like superheroes on the screen. Like it just completely <laughs> blew my mind. And from then on, you know, for the for the entirety of the 80s, like I was full on into this music. Now, Richard, was there an aha moment in the writing of the book that really was like, wow, this is why we wrote this one? I think the moment is really sort of the whole first part of this book, which is like, kind of proving what we always knew and suspected, but even on a, to a greater degree than we thought, which was that this is really, this music is often looked, looked at as this sort of corporate, you know, heavily stylized, overly produced, very slick sort of creation. And that comes from what we would see on MTV, especially more in the late eighties, where that was the image a lot of these bands were presenting. But if you look at how this music started, it's as DIY and grassroots as, you know, punk rock in the 70s, indie rock in the 80s. But it doesn't get that type of credit for being this thing where it's just this super creative movement from very young kids that didn't have major label interest, didn't have money behind them. They didn't have anything except their own creativity. And they created this thing that for a period of time took over the world musically. That's right. Again, the book, Nothing But a Good Time, The Uncensored History of the 80s Hard Rock Explosion. Richard, I want to make sure and let folks know where to keep up, not only about the book, but uh, your socials as well. Uh, Well, the book is you can go to on Facebook or Instagram, go to Nothing But a Good Time book. Um, And, you know, we there's an ongoing conversation going on there. We've had some contests going on giveaways, things like that. And, you know, it's just constantly updated with what is going on with the book and also just with this music in general. 
All right. Well, Richard Benstock, it's always great to visit with you. Looking forward to spending a bit more time with the book myself. Hope you have a great rest of your week and look forward to catching up again real soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, when you have a bad night of sleep, it's going to ruin something, that's for sure. But does it just ruin your morning or maybe even your day? Or is it more devastating than that? Well, according to a new survey, half of the people say that one bad night of sleep can, quote, derail their entire week. Now, the survey also found 93% of people say when they have a rough night of sleep, it affects their productivity at work. And to that, we say, duh. Our next guest is actor Stephen Weber. Got a recurring role on Chicago Med. First off, Stephen, thank you so much for taking the time. A pleasure. Good morning to you all. Now, Stephen, uh, for you to get involved, uh, to be a part of uh, Chicago Meg coming in, how was the transition coming in to an established series, if you will? Well, I mean, part of the, 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 part of the requirements of being a journeyman actor is being able to <laughs> jump aboard a, a moving train, you know, and uh, it's, it's actually kind of fun to do um, if you like that kind of lifestyle. It's always best to have a nice long-running series where you can relax, but you know, it's the job description. Uh, everybody makes you feel at home uh, because they've got to keep the show running as well. So they uh, they help you get your footing, and um, it's it's great. You know, it's good to meet some new people and actually reconnect with some uh, old friends. Now, Stephen, I know uh, a special episode, and uh, wanted to let our listeners know a little bit about what to expect from your character and uh, in tonight's episode as well. Well, uh, the back story about my character is that. Um, he was a naval surgeon who uh, actually uh, was one of the mentors for um, Chicago Med's key characters. His name is Dr. Ethan Choi. And, um, uh, but, however, the tables have turned because now my character is working under Ethan. And uh, so there's a bit, of a bit of a conflict there. But also we're going to begin to see more and more indication that things aren't right with uh, my character, that he, in fact, he is... Uh, suffering from PTSD. Uh, they both served um, in, the, in the Navy and saw some action, and, um, and the show is going to explore that a little bit. And to be a part of a show that, that delves into subjects, like you said, the PTSD, that are so close to home for so many, and to be able to do it in an entertaining fashion as well, I mean, Stephen, how important is that uh, at this point in your career as well? Well, I mean, very broadly speaking, that's the function of art. You know, it kind of holds a lens up to reality and makes and uh, gives people a clearer understanding of, of subjects that would be harder to digest. Um, yeah, it, it, it is important. Look, I, I'm, I'm just an actor. I'll, I'm, I'm fortunate to make a living, but if I could also say something that's, that's interesting and that people can relate to, um, that's, that's gravy, you know, uh, like I say, <laughs> I've been involved with a, a, an organization that, you know, that, that, uh, is concerned with the health and welfare of veterans. And so this goes a long way to, uh, you know, making that um, happen. And Stephen, how much different is it? I mean, this is a year like none of us have ever seen before. And I mean, how much different does it look coming on set today as opposed to when you when you first came in? Yeah. Well, look, like I said, there are these COVID, uh, COVID protocols in place and, uh, and they're strictly observed, um, and you just adapt. Uh, you're able to do your, 
your job, and uh, as is everybody in the cast and crew, and um, they just make a few, you know, changes, and they they adhere to the protocol, and you're able to to get to get going, uh, but in a safe and productive way. So that's really the only change. You know, you still have your goals, you still have your your disciplines and technique, and you rely on those. You just have to add the fact that you're wearing a mask <laughs> and, um, and washing your hands and all that stuff, and it's what people do. Yeah, and, Stephen, you talked a little bit about goals there as well. Had you had to make maybe do a reset on the goal setting a little bit? Well, you know, there's always – you're always moving the, the goalposts in a way, you know, uh, uh, because as an actor, you know, you never really know. There's, there's, there's no reliable future. You know, I've been lucky. I've been fortunate to work uh, a lot. Um, but, you know, at any moment, things could dry up or change. And, um, you know, I just tried to be sensible and, you know, save my money and all that stuff and, and try not to think that, oh, I deserve all of this. This is fine. You know, and, and you try to stay humble and, and and wait for the next thing, you know. Wait and and see if you can uh, can adapt and adjust to it. Uh, so you know, my goal is to absolutely, you know, obviously keep working, stay healthy, and um, you know, do things that endear me to my family. <laughs> that that's that's probably the biggest key, right, Stephen? Yeah, pretty much. Was there anything that you put an extra focus on in the, in the midst of the pandemic and and having extra alone time, if you will? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, there was definitely a degree of heightened isolation. Um, uh, you know, my, my sons are older now, and uh, so they, you know, uh, want to. They have less to do with with me uh, than they used to, and so uh, you know, you find yourself on your own. So instead of lamenting that time, uh, just see if I can use that for my to my advantage. It's, there's something educational about something as challenging as that, you know, you, you, if, especially if you're used to being around a lot of people and getting a lot of kind of validation, suddenly that was not the case. And, uh, and it was important for me to kind of regulate my intake of news because that was driving me a bit batty, and, uh, you know, and try to, and try to see things philosophically because time is passing and you know, gee, uh, I've been trying to figure out what's really important for me. You know, what's, what's, what's the lasting, I guess, legacy, for lack of a better word, that, uh, that I want to leave people. You know, not that I'm going anywhere soon, but I don't know. It's just put the, the, the quarantine really put me in mind of that, you know, finding out what's important and what's, what's easily jettisoned. That's right. And again, the upcoming episode, 8 Eastern, 7 local time on NBC, Chicago Med. And Stephen, I always want to make sure and also let our folks know where they can keep up with everything you've got going social media wise as well. Um, I, you know, I've really gotten off social media, I have to say. You know, I have, a, I have like a private Instagram account for family and friends, but for the most part, I've just gotten off Twitter, gotten off Facebook. I feel like it's not, it hasn't been doing me so, so much good. <laughs> You know, it's like just—it's like taking shot after shot of of low grade gin. It was just messing me up, so I stopped. <laughs> there you go. Well, Stephen, it's always a privilege to visit with you, sir. I I hope you have a continued great rest of the week, and uh, look forward to catching up again real soon. Thank you so much. Great talking to you as always.
Well, Heinz has been releasing condiment mashups for the past few years, you know, like mayo chup, which is mayo and ketchup, and honey racha, which is honey and sriracha. But they just took things way weirder with three new mashups. Hanch, which is hot sauce and ranch, wasabioli, which is wasabi and garlic aioli, and tarchip, which is tartar sauce and ketchup. Now, for now, they're only available in Canada, so you can either find a way to get them shipped here or, you know, just mix them yourself. Our final guest on the podcast, and I've said this about other guests before, but uh, it, it rings probably as much true with this guy as anybody. My good friend, Dave McElroy. And Dave, its uh, I, I can't believe we got into season two of the podcast without having you on. It's great to visit with you, brother. It's crazy. I can't believe it, but I, I blame myself. <laughs> I blame myself because you told me, like, I want to have you on. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And then I never got back to you. It was really my fault. And uh, But I'm so happy for you, man. This podcast has been just killing it. It's awesome. Super well, fun. I'm happy to be here today. And Dave, you always have something going on. And obviously the music, how is... How has this last 12 months been musically for you? I mean, how, how much of a challenge has that presented for you? There's been, you know, downside. Obviously, we lost an entire year of touring. You know, I was booked from April 12th all the way through till October, the middle of October. Like, just ever, just about every weekend, except for a couple that I, you know, had asked them to hold off on. And so that was challenging. That was a bummer, you know, not being able to be out there seeing our friends across the country and spending time with them, which is like my band's my favorite thing in the world to do. So that kind of stunk. But, um, but on the plus side, there's just so many great things that happen. Like my streams, and my songs have been great. Um, the new single's doing super well. It's climbing the chart fast. And uh, we're actually only halfway through our push on the new single. And many streams, or as many uh, spins on radio as Trucker Hat did when it was at the top, and Trucker Hat went top 30. Excuse me, so... Yeah, so it was it's pretty exciting. It's a very exciting time and and uh so a lot of fun happening there and uh and, you know, in the beginning everybody was doing uh, Facebook live takeovers and so I took over, I don't know, stations and that was fun and but you know, it just you know, I wanted to stay out there with my friends around the country. By the way, we don't call our fans fans, we call them friends because we just haven't we just we haven't met anybody that's not super cool. You know what I mean? Like we have, we have met the new, and you know how I am. I love meeting new people and I love talking to, you know, our friends around the country and everybody's got something about them that's super cool. And so that's been really, you know, that's one of the things I've missed the most, but in any way we can, we're trying to stay in touch. And, um, you know, I've got, I was just telling you off air that um, the outdoor and sportsman's channel is building a hunting and fishing show around me right now, which is super cool. And, um, so I'm really excited about that. And uh, that's called hang time. And it's really just about hanging out with your friends or hunting partners or different people that you love to hunt with or just want to be around. Mm. And you get to enjoy the outdoors and you get to enjoy nature and you get to enjoy the hunting experience together. Uh, that'll start airing this June. And so, yeah, so just lots and lots of fun stuff going on. It's super fun. <laughs> now, how has, what's been the thing that you have spent the most time maybe focusing in on since you've had some extra time? A lot of writing, a lot of writing, um, with some really cool friends of mine, obviously, you know, I write with Bridget Tatum quite a bit and Bridget is just amazing. She's an amazing, amazing singer songwriter. You're a good friend of Bridget's. And so we've been writing together quite a bit 
And then I've been writing with some of my other buddies and really uh, gotten into a cool groove with a, a buddy I grew up with in my same hometown. And I think there's just that connection that's helped us to write some really cool songs together. And so, so just really working on the creative process, you know, in this off time, just all these things that have been in my heart and all these things that I wanted to write about, I'm just writing. So, now, do you prescribe to the, the, the notion to write every day? Do you sit down? Do you have a prescribed time that you actually sit down for? Nope, I don't because then it's forced. And I don't, I don't, I don't uh, say every day I'm going to sit down right from this time to this time. Um, the is, is like if I have an idea or song start, it goes right into my phone. Melody that's in my head, the words that are in my head, sometimes it's just thoughts. I need to write a song about this and this is something I just felt or this is something I just experienced or something a friend experienced or happy or, or whatever it is, it goes into my phone. And you know me, most of my stuff is pretty positive and pretty happy. So I just kind of guys that I, I just love to be happy and positive. But, um, you know, so whatever it might be goes into my phone. And when it's ready to come out, I just sit down and start writing as fast as I can, you know. And so, and sometimes, you know, you just end up having to, um, uh, you know, like when you have scheduled rights with your friends, you know, you have some ideas that you're going in with one and we just write you know we let it go where it's gonna go and and sometimes you know if it's Cameron it's, it's like we're sitting there and my guitar player just starts strumming something in a hotel room I'm like whoa hang on to that you know what I mean like I'm like I'm like play that again and I'll turn yeah. my recorder on and whatever just whatever comes out just comes out and then build around that so you know there's a, there's a lot of different ways to write and there's a lot of different things that motivate you to write but I don't believe in forcing anything. Uh, and, and for some people, it's not forcing. For me, it is. For some people, they say, I'm going to sit down every day at this time. I'm going to write and I'm going to, you know. And, but for me, and that's their process. My process is different. That's all. There's no right or wrong way to write, you know. Now, have you found the inspiration harder this last year? Or, or has it maybe been a little more inspiring for writing? Oh, I think it's been inspiring as heck. I think it's been really inspiring. Um, I, you know, I tend to see things in a positive light. Like when everybody was getting so bummed out about COVID, I'm like, man, I'm looking out the door right now and I see all these families. You know, when I go into town to my place out in the country, I see all these families out together. They're walking, they're playing together, they're hiking together, they're doing all, and they're smiling and they're laughing. So for me, COVID has been filled with a lot of positives. Yeah, there's negatives too, but I on the positives and just give it all to God and, and let God take it where it's going to go, you know? Now, how have your goals for this year? I mean, obviously you've got the show coming up, but musically, how have goals changed for you for 2021 after last year? You know, it, it, it's it's similar, except, you know, we're, we're just trying to book really hard right now so we can get out there and see our friends and we just hope that they hold. Um, you know, we want to make sure that this show is a success because, I mean, let's be honest, people watching the Outdoor and Sportsman's channel, they're country music fans. You know what I mean? Those are people that, that love country music, love to be, you know, be around those kind of activities. And, and so my goal is just to make sure that I am present to those people out there, all of our friends out there that have been supporting us and loving our music, requesting us at radio stations. You know, we just want to be present to them until I can get back out there and see them again. So that's, that's my, my main goal right now is to record some really new great material, to write some great new material, and to get back out there in any way that I can and connect 
with our the country. And with all of the challenges this uh, this last year presented, um, what's the biggest thing you learned about yourself personally, Dave? Oh boy. Um. Oh, you're asking me the Barbara Walters question. <laughs> you're not just Cameron. You're not going to make me cry, are you? I'm. I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping not to. <laughs> no. No. I think really I've learned that that uh, I would learn to rely on the Lord even more deeply than I had been, and I and I learned that, and I always the Lord is always the center of everything that I do, the focus of everything that I do. And, um, and I learned that I had to respond to what he was telling me in the new light of, of where we were at, you know what I mean? And I learned about myself. I guess I learned to open my ears more, take my hands off the wheel and just, you know, let the Lord direct my path. And I, and I, and it didn't start that way, but it quickly became that way. You know what I mean? And so. I think that's, and I think I really learned that I am as positive as I think I am because I really just was seeing the positive and everything around me. You know, and I know it sounds weird and I know it sounds like, I don't know, I'm not sure, but I just, you know how I am. I just, I, I like to see the best in people and I like to see the best in life. And, and that really never stopped for me even during COVID. And Dave, I know you're also the guy that never backs down from a challenge. And I know you like a good challenge. Where what oh, yeah. was what was maybe the most bizarre place that you played in COVID times just to get out and play? Oh man, okay. So I ended up playing at a supper club. <laughs> I ended up I ended up playing at a supper club. So they're they're uh they're <laughs> So this guy, a, a radio station wanted me to do a Facebook live takeover. And it just so happens that my guitar player in Minnesota, so my, my main guitar player is in Nashville, of course. My whole band's out in Nashville. But I've got a buddy of mine that plays music. Well, I've got this thing at the supper club, and maybe we can do it before that. I'll ask the owners. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so I ended up doing basically a performance in front of a um in uh yeah in minnesota which is kind of funny and then the weirdest one though is uh chad greenway's foundation chad greenway of the minnesota vikings is a good buddy of mine and his lead the way his lead the way foundation does um they they have these things called chad's locker in lockers in children's hospitals so when a child's about to go through these awful um you know chemotherapy treatments or dialysis or the horrible things you gotta do for hours and hours they can go to a chad's locker and they could check out a movie or a couple of movies or video games or an iPad or whatever they want to, they can check it out. And, uh, and then he also builds like swing sets and stuff. So his charity event was um, this year and they did it, you know, under social distancing and whatnot. So we were able to get it pulled off, but it was so weird because nobody, nobody could get up and dance. Nobody could move. They just all sat there in their chairs and stared at me because that was the rule. And it was a month like they were chair dancing and stuff like that, but it was super weird <laughs> not having people like up against the stage or, you know, like you know, I like to mess with people, you know, during my shows, I love to interact with them. And, and none of that, it was just none of that. It was just, everybody had to stay in their chairs and that was the rules with their masks on. It was just so weird. How, <laughs> how, how do you do a Dave McElroy show without excessive PDA? I know it's not possible. It was horrible. I'm telling you, man, it was, it was so weird for me not to touch people and get 
people like, you know, and sometimes I'll get down on stage and I'll just randomly start dancing with somebody right in the middle of an instrumental or something. So it was very difficult just to sit there and have a bunch of people just stare at you while you played. And we we talked about the new single and the way it's growing. And as you see that happening as 2020 gets underway, 2021 gets underway, I should say, does that just inspire you? Maybe light that fire a little bit more for things to open up? Oh, absolutely. And we're starting to see things opening up. Like I've got shows in June that haven't been canceled yet. So that's super cool. And yeah, the single just keeps climbing. Like it's so exciting to watch it go. And the last single did so well. Um, you know, we ended up top 20 last single and now this single we're, we're heading in that same direction and look to pass it up possibly. And it's just, it's fun. It's super fun. And, and I'm just anxious. Like just, my boys are just chomping at the bit to get out there and, and be with their friends on the country. <laughs> man. We can't stand it. Yeah. And, and how much do you miss the softball field? The softball fields miss them a ton. Now, how do you know I played softball? I know that you. you I knew. I, I knew you loved the uh, OU Lady Sooners softball, and I. I knew oh, that, that we, yeah. we we had we had uh, shared some texts over them several times. Oh man, that's right. I'm telling you what, OU softball is the stuff. These girls are so good, and uh, <laughs> I just I I love watching softball. There's nothing better than like being in a hot sun. Chewing up the sunflower seeds, rooting on your team. You know what I mean? It's just awesome. It's great. You know, OU football, OU softball, or, yeah, I got to love it. Like, big time love it. But, yeah, I do miss it. I seriously do miss it because we usually go to the big 12 championships. And uh, and that's funny because I'm a gopher. I'm a Minnesota gopher. I play ball and ran track for the gophers. And yet I'm a huge Sooner fan <laughs> as, as well. So I'm, I'm a big fan of both. Yeah. That's why we get along so well, Dave. I know it, buddy. I know it. <laughs> For real. Now, you, know, you know me. I was, I was an all-around athlete, so I love you know, any sporting event I love love going to. That's that's right. Now, Dave, if folks want to find out and keep up with everything you got going social media-wise, where to keep up with the music, the tour dates as those become available, the show, all of that, Where's uh, where's the best place to keep up, my friend? All right. Well, the beginning of next month, we're going to have all of our show dates starting to show up on our website. And that's just DaveMcElroy.com. So D-A-V-E-M-C, capital E-L-R-O-Y.com. M-C-L-R-O-Y. So DaveMcElroy.com. Shows are D-Mac Band. So D-M-A-C-B-A-N-D. So D-Mac Band. And uh, there's no A in my last name, but for whatever reason, it ended up in my socials. And uh, then, of course, there's my 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 uh, professional page, my music page on Facebook as well. And I think that's just under my name, Dave McElroy, and it's for my my music page. So I don't use my other page anymore. We just direct everybody to my professional page. So yeah, so those are those are the places that people can find me, which is be fun. And in June, they can start finding me on the Outdoor Sportsman's Channel on my show Hang Time with Dave McElroy. Well, that is awesome stuff. And Dave, I I look forward to seeing the show. I know that uh, as much excitement as you have about it, I know it's going to be great. Look forward to uh, seeing where this single uh, tops off for you as well. And But brother, always look forward to catching up again real soon. Man, you are one of the truly good people out there, buddy. And I love, love, love talking. I've just been seeing your face. I mean, I miss getting one of those big hugs from you, you know, when we see each other and at CRS and, and other things. So hopefully we can orchestrate some kind of showdown in your neck of the woods this year and come out there and rock it out for you and your, and your, your fan base. 
you got on your radio station. And, uh, it would be just good to see you, buddy. Good to see you and the family, actually. I haven't seen the family either in a couple of years. It so. has been a couple of years, and I was mentioning before we came on that I think my daughter was probably more harmed by the the canceling of CMA Fest. She was so looking forward to it, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to catch up uh, and get get you nearby real soon. All right, buddy, that sounds great, and thank you so much for having me on. Seriously, I truly appreciate it. Again, thanks for joining me for this 43rd episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, question, or anything else you'd like to know, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at GQ with Cam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, click on over to the shop tab at GQwithcam.com forward slash shop. And if you have a special guest idea, you can email me GQwithcam at gmail.com. Again, thanks to Brandon Allen for coming up with the theme music. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Tuesday. Join me tomorrow. We've got another great episode coming up.